Welcome to the Invested Dads Podcast, simplifying financial topics so that you can take action and make your financial situation better, helping you to understand the current world of financial planning and investments. Here are your hosts, Josh Robb and Austin Wilson. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the Invested Dads Podcast, a podcast where we take you on a journey to better your financial future. I'm Austin Wilson, co-portfolio manager at Hicks & Zerker Capital Management. And I'm Josh Robb, Director of Wealth Management at Hicks & Zerker Capital Management. Austin, how can people help us with our podcast? We would love it if you'd subscribe. If you're not subscribed, hit that plus, or that follow, whatever that button is on your podcast player so you get new episodes when they drop on Thursdays. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you are listening to us. That makes us easier to be found by more people like yourselves. Now, you said hit the plus or follow. Like, I'm True. pretty sure Google says subscribe because it's pretty much straightforward well, that's, and not Google would be that straightforward. They're not trying to hide it. Fuse anybody. Yeah, yeah. This button subscribes does, you. Does Google have a podcast player? I don't oh, it's amazing. It's the best one but out Statistically there. speaking, our podcast... We don't get a lot of listens to it. Our podcast is like, it's like 80% Apple podcast player. So, yep. mostly that one. Also, you can... Invest with us by going to our website, theinvesteddads.com. And there is a page where it kind of walks you through that. So you can reach out to us and reach out if you have any questions or would like to know more about that. Absolutely. So today, we're sitting here in 2024 and we're looking back at 2023 and we're going to see and try and distinguish six, count them, not five, nope. six mistakes that we saw people make yep. financially. When it comes to their situation. So let's just start it right at the beginning, Josh, because 2022, very volatile markets. Two years ago, crazy. Two years ago, 2023, pretty good year in the markets, generally speaking. Especially here in the US. Especially yep. here in the US. But here are some thoughts that we have about what people did or didn't do, could be, in 2023. And number one is holding too much cash. Mm-hmm. Oh. So here's my thinking. Cash earned, depending on when during the year, an interest rate of four to five percent. That's pretty damn That's, good. And those are we're talking like money market, money market funds, high yield savings. High yield savings. Now I did read an article that the percentage of people who had money in high yield savings accounts versus a regular savings account, yeah. it was depressing. It should have been more. I'm gonna say it was like twenty percent or something like that. I'd have to go back and look. But the idea was it was a lot less than it should be because it's not a lot of work to open one. It doesn't cost anything extra. Most high-yield savings accounts are free. They don't charge anything right. for anything. And so the effort, it's just the amount of, oh, that just seems like a See, lot of work. Regardless. And you, the difference between 03 and 4%, I mean, you're talking a significant so difference in interest. I even think interest. regardless of the interest rate regime. So yep. like, yes, we're in an era where interest rates are higher, are higher which is, is good for savings in yep. terms of that sort of things. Regardless. It's not advantageous of you, aside from cash flow needs, that's different. But aside from cash flow, you, there is no point in having cash at a bank in a normal savings account. No. There's no advantage. It's there no. for liquidity and to get to very, very quickly. Yep. But I have always been a fan of keeping that money in a savings account, yielding something somewhere, doing somewhere something. else. Yeah. Even when we talk emergency funds, the time now with technology, we're talking two to three days if you have a high yield savings account and you need to move it to your checking, it's account. unlikely you have an emergency that quick. Yes, and maybe you put it on your credit cards. So you just have to move that money over until yeah. you pay the next bill. Yeah, so th- there's really minimal excuses or reasons why. Yeah, so yes, I was just shocked at how little use you got out of a 
higher yield savings account in the overall population. This art- same article also said that it was like less than 50% of the population could cover $500. Yeah. Which is also frustrating. Yeah. But the fact that they can't do that and they're not earning anything was just depressing for you. So so back to what I was saying. Four yes. to five percent for cash. It's what you yielded. You lost nor gained any money in principle, but you yielded mm-hmm. four to five percent in interest income. Forty five percent. Yeah, that'd be great. Four to five. That's your okay. bogey. So that was, you know, not bad for cash mm-hmm. and actually pretty much the same return you got in the bond market last yes. year. Yes. Yep. But I think the ag was up five. Yep, exactly. Year. Yep. But that four to five percent underperformed stocks by quite a bit. Mm-hmm. If we recall, the S and P five hundred was up twenty six percent. Also, we know that historically speaking, both stocks and bonds have outperformed cash in the twelve months following peak interest rates. So, okay. as in interest rates go in cycles, and following that cyclic high, the high point of interest rates for that cycle, in five out of the last six cycles, stocks have outperformed cash going forward for the next 12 months. And in six out of the six last cycles, bonds have outperformed cash in the following 12 months. And it's likely, it's very, very likely that interest rates peaked last September. So that's one opportunity to be putting cash to work now, but also the fact of looking back that Last year ended up being a pretty good year. And if you're sitting on a bunch of cash, you underperform by quite a bit. That is not necessarily to say that cash doesn't have its purpose because it does for cash flow needs, for short-term savings needs. But when it comes to an investment, cash is not an investment. Cash is what we would call trash. Yeah. So as an advisor, I tell clients, anything you need this year, if you have an expense that you know of, cash is the thing to use. Right, because you're giving up yield yep. for that reduction of volatility. Yep. I'm going to hold cash, and if I have a dollar, whenever I go to use it, it's going to still be a dollar. It doesn't fluctuate. Absolutely, that's the benefit. You have to have a trade-off, and so the trade-off is Return. if I'm not going to have volatility, I'm giving up that chance of growth. Yep. And so you're right. Cash has its purpose from a planning standpoint, from an advising standpoint. It is short-term needs yep. that you know you're going to need to cover to remove the risk of what if the market falls apart like in 2022 and I still need to pay the expense that's coming like a home purchase, car purchase, college, those things. Like if it's happening now, you don't want the exposure. right? And so you're right. That's the usefulness of cash outside of that window. And I would even say you could go even out 18 months if you're really conservative. But outside of that window, cash just doesn't help. It doesn't help at all. And we, like you just said, after you hit that top peak point, it's all down historically, down. it really shows you that cash doesn't provide much value right. uh, for returns when it comes to investing. And I would argue, like you had mentioned, if it's anything at all that's not cash flow on a day-to-day basis that you need in your checking, mm-hmm. keep that somewhere you can get some yield. Yes. Earn something. Earn something. And right now is a pretty good time to be earning something on that cash. Even if it's just yeah. the little amount you're setting aside for your property taxes or whatever, Keep it in an account getting You can at least keep up with inflation at this point point. where interests are right now. Yep. All right. Number two, chasing performance. That's something people did in 2023 that maybe was not such a good idea. So think about this. If you bought or you overweighted and went really heavy into the big winners from 2022, so you chased the winners. Yeah. You chased the winners from 2022. You did not do so well. In mm-hmm. 2023. So 2022 was the first time period 
annual year since 2017 where value stocks outperform growth stocks. And a pretty good outperformance. Pretty good outperformance, yeah. Yep. Value stocks outperformed by growth stocks by about 20% that year. Higher interest rates, higher oil prices. Those were areas of the market that were benefited by that. So one may have gone into 2023 saying, hmm, well, this is the start of a new trend. Value is the king. I'm going to go Let's buy that for 2023. That didn't work out. 2023 wasn't even close. Nope. Growth stocks were back to the winning ways that they've had recently. And they outperformed value stocks by over 30%. And that was the second largest outperformance on record for that asset class. So what wow. we've learned here is don't think that what happened and what worked and what was in favor last year is what's going to be in favor and what worked this year. Yeah. And that's same is true with individual holdings. Like if you see a company or a fund or an investment skyrocket up, chances are if you weren't in it and you missed it, it's not going to duplicate that again. And so chasing after those good returns usually means you're going to underperform. Yeah, totally agree. And number three, it was a mistake if you would have followed Wall Street predictions. That's the, the, usually like the at case. the end of 2022 going into 2023. Yes. So Wall Street analysts, and that's including places, big banks like Morgan Stanley, Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, they made consensus predictions at the end of 2022 to do a few things. Number one, sell U.S. stocks. They thought they were going to be bad. Yep. Number two, buy treasuries. They thought they were going to be great. Number three, buy Chinese stocks because that was what was going to be in favor at that point. All of these predictions turned out to be wrong. So the S&P 500 climbed over 20%. Mm -hmm. NASDAQ was up over 50%. Crazy. Well above consensus. Bond analysts got it wrong. They anticipated a recession. They thought the aggressive interest rate hikes would have a big impact. They also made incorrect predictions as the economy continued to grow, which led to higher interest rates for much of the year. Bonds were actually negative in the third quarter, by the way. Yes. Or all the way through the third quarter and only eked out that 5% gain in the fourth quarter alone. And pretty China, much in December. It was. December was crazy. Yeah. And then China, the note on China. Yeah. They were very wrong. Don't buy China because China yeah. was a bloodbath. It was, oh, it was horrible. There was no place to hide. The economic reopening had not really happened. Very pessimistic situation over there. So really, all of this can be attributed to some misunderstanding of the economic forces that were unleashed and recovering since the pandemic in 2020. And consumers have been excessively strong. Inflation has been a little bit more persistent. And I think that, you know, generally speaking, last year would have been a, a bad year to be following Wall Street predictions, especially if you just looked at a point in, like at the beginning of the year and said, okay, well, what people are saying is going to happen this year. This is what I'm all in on. No. Yep. Done deal. Not so good. So those are the first three. Josh is going to come back with the next three after That's right. a short break for your dad joke of the week. Are you ready for this? I am ready. I'm excited. It's a pretty good one here. So what, Josh? Do you call a factory that makes eh, okay products? Ooh, I'm not sure. It's a satisfactory. Satisfactory. It's a satisfactory. There you it's go. It's not like knocking it out of the park, but it's, it's a satisfactory. satisfactory. I like it. All right, it. Josh, take us That's home. That's good. All right. So three more mistakes we saw last year. And um, I want to start with letting geopolitical uncertainty dictate how you invest. And so... What I'm talking about there is when you look around the globe and there are wars, conflicts, issues, potential wars, yep. letting all that news drive you to either stay out of the market or drastically change what you're doing with your investments. Because what we've seen, and this is true historically speaking, is that 
whenever there's a geopolitical event, especially one where the U.S. isn't directly involved. Not like a world war where we're on the front lines. Yes. But, you know, two recent examples, Russia, Ukraine, and then the Israel-Hamas conflict. Yep. So both of those, we did see short-term volatility in the markets as there was new headlines that needed digested. But the long-term impact was very minimal on the U.S. economy, on the U.S. market, and even on the global market in general. And this all comes to conclude for us is that there are scary news. There are just tragic events that happen. Loss of life is no I'm not going to lighten that. But from an investment standpoint, doing a knee-jerk reaction, reacting to that and making a big adjustment to your investments historically has not helped. No. Uh, Because more often than not, by the time you get to reacting to that, the market's already priced in a reaction to it. Yes. And at that point, it's already started to adapt and adjust. And that's what we do know is the market is always digesting information and and adapting and adjusting to that. And when I talk to the market, people kind of reference the market as this living, breathing thing. And it is made up of human beings making decisions Mm -hmm. for companies. And so when you take the Israel-Hamas conflict, right, the, the, the shock of that initial news caused some volatility. But then as the market and delves down to individuals running companies made decisions. They said, how will this actually impact us? And they were able to then adjust their business. And um, historically, there's very minimal long-term impact. Absolutely. So again, the news, tragic. It should not dictate when you're invested or how you're invested based on that. Absolutely. So that was one. Number two, and this is a big one, and this is not just 2023. This is any year because if... You've ever paid attention to the news. There's always something always going on. Always something. But 2023 was a great example of this, is forgetting your long-term plans and focusing on just the short-term reactions. What do I mean by that? Is at any point in time, pick a day, there's probably something going on somewhere in the world that would make you question if what you're doing is right. If you worked with a financial advisor or you came up with a plan on your own, if you've set up a plan that helps you give the best chance to achieve your long-term goals, there's very little in the interim that should change that. There are reasons to adjust your plan. For instance, I had a job, then I got fired. I should relook at my plan. That what changes do yeah, I need to that's make? That's a change. Or on the positive side, I had a job. I got this offer. Maybe it's a raise or maybe it's a new promotion or a new position. How has that affected my long-term plan? Those are the ones that you need to sit down and reevaluate your plan. A conflict, a downturn in the stock market, those are not reasons for you to forget the why am I doing these things. In fact, more often than not, if you just stick to how you're investing and how you're saving this market volatility or whatever it is, that's going to smooth out over the long term because in the end, sticking with a plan gives you the best chance to achieve those goals. If you're, again, constantly changing and adjusting things one, it's going to be hard to know if you're even on track because you're just moving that goalpost all over the place. But two, it really hurts your ability to get that compounding effect that we all know the market provides if you give it enough. So start of the year, if markets are down, stick with it. Stick with it. Start of the year, markets are up. Stick with it. Stick with the plan. That's the whole point is just stick with your plan. Adjust it only when a decision or an reaction to your actual plan has happened. So for instance, you're young and you're saying, hey, we're saving a bunch of money. We're going to get retire early. Oh, look, we're expecting a baby. 
change to your change plan. Your plan. All right. So all those things happen, or even something shorter term. And this is true: is hey, we're doing great, we're saving well. Oh no, we had a car crash. We need to replace our car. Yep. Okay, that's a plan adjustment. Let's reevaluate short term versus long term savings to get you back on track. Right. But it's not because oh, the market was down twenty percent. I need to adjust my plan. No, no, you don't. Here's another good one here. Yes. You you came into the year without a plan. Mm. Change your plan. Change your plan. Get a, get a plan. Find a plan. Get a plan. Yep. And the last one is sometimes, and this may actually sound like something you'd want, is, hey, what if I get more aggressive? Markets are down. Let me get more aggressive. Yeah. Now, there's probably a reason you were in your asset allocation to begin with. There was thought put into it. Just because the market did something really shouldn't be the reason that it draws it. Right. It could mean you need to adjust it, but that shouldn't be their driving force. More often, it should be because, hey, we've already met our goals or you know, we, we have a new income source that's providing. We don't need to save as much, those type of things. Man, don't adjust your, especially your volatility, just because of something the market's doing. Because right. it's going to switch at some oh, point yeah. and you're going to still be in a higher volatile thing in a down market and you may not like you it. You don't want to compound your wrongness. That's about correct. what you're doing. Yes. And you can do that if you make the d- wrong decision at the yep. wrong time, you can compound it because you'll have to make the yep. different wrong decision at the wrong time to do it again. All right. In the final missed opportunity or mistake of 2023 is missing out on a once in a lifetime opportunity. Ooh. Now, I'm Explain not talking about once in a lifetime. I'm not talking about your best friend who shows up and says, "Hey, I have this investment deal that is going to set you up for life. Josh, not that. We just talked about that. You don't need to bring that don't into this. That. Okay. So what I'm talking about are, there are certain things you can do for your plan that at a given point in time, you can no longer do. Example, easy. 401k contribution. Mm-hmm. In a calendar year, you can do X amount of dollars. You are not allowed to go backwards in time and fill up that missed time. Yeah. So... If, let's say, you were contributing $10,000 to your 401k last year, you cannot this year say, oh, I have some extra money. I want to go back and add some more for last year's 401k. Nope. Cannot do that. Same is true with Roth IRA. You know, you could do $6,500 into a Roth IRA. At the end of the year, well, you actually get a little extra time, but there's a stop point. You cannot ever go back and fill it up. Yep. And those are the things when it comes especially to saving is that missed opportunity is going to compound over time. Or when you have earned income. Yes. So if you there make certain, too much money, there are certain things you can either only chance. do when you make a certain amount of money or when you even have a job period yep. that you lose the ability to later on. So that's things like IRA contributions, like yep. something to keep in your mind. And then another one is a health savings account. Again, it's the calendar year. Calendar year, you have a certain amount you can put in there. Triple tax savings. We've talked Triple. about this in other episodes. Right. You get a tax deduction when you put the money in. It grows tax-free. And if you use it for healthcare expenses, no tax on the distribution. Pretty Great good account. deal. All right. There's only a certain amount you can put in per year and you can never go back and add more. Yep. And so again, make sure that you're not missing out on these opportunities. Now, on the other end, when it comes to spending, medical expenses. Most people are in a high deductible plan or are some sort of plan where they have to pay out of pocket up to a certain amount. If you hit that and then going forward, you're either in a copay or that's being covered by your, by your medical insurance, that's a great time to have other medical costs. I would hate for somebody who could have done a medical procedure in December, wait till January when their deductible yeah, they reset, to pay a lot more money. and then they're back paying out of pocket. So just be strategic about that. Or if you're looking on the other end, again, for spending, 
is tax deductions. Is can I do some things at the end of the year to either reduce my taxes or if I'm in a low tax bracket, create some income and pay the tax? Because again, once that calendar year ends, yep. it's done. Yep. So don't miss out on opportunities, not the get rich quick scheme from your best friend, but the opportunities that allow you to get farther down the road towards your goals because they are giving you a limited time to enact or utilize a tax savings or investments. Absolutely. So in summary, Josh, yep. number one, this th- these are all applicable, not just Any year. 2023, but these are things we particularly saw in 23. Number one, things to avoid going forward also, mm-hmm. holding too much cash outside yep. of your immediate liquidity needs. Yes. Investments. investments. Cash is not an investment. Nope. Okay. Uh, number two, chasing performance. It doesn't matter. 2023 nope. or any Never other chasing. time, it's not good. So don't chase. Just stick to the plan. Yep. Number three, don't get hung up on Wall Street recommendations because they're as wrong as anyone. Always. They don't know what's going to happen a year out. Nobody knows what's going to happen a year out. Number four, not investing during geopolitical uncertainty. Guess what? There's geopolitical uncertainty all the time, especially now. So just stick to the plan. Don't let it drive your investment decisions there. Uh, Number five, forgetting your long-term plans. You have a plan for a reason. Stick to the plan and the plan will be there for you. And number six, as Josh mentioned, missing those limited opportunities, limited time opportunities, limited dollar opportunities. They're not there forever. So be sure that you're planning for those things. Well, thank you guys for listening uh, this week. Please remember... You can always share our episodes with friends and family who might have been asking about some of the stuff we talked about. Email us any ideas uh, that you want to hear about on the show to hello at theinvesteddads.com. And until next episode, have a great one. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Invested Dads podcast. This episode has ended, but your journey towards a better financial future doesn't have to. Head over to theinvesteddads.com to access all the links and resources mentioned in today's show. If you enjoyed this episode and we had a positive impact on your life, leave us a review. Click subscribe and don't miss the next episode. Josh Robb and Austin Wilson work for Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. All opinions expressed by Josh, Austin, or any podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. There is no guarantee that the statements, opinions, or forecasts provided herein will prove to be correct. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Indices are not available for direct investment. Any investor who attempts to mimic the performance of an index would incur fees and expenses, which would reduce returns. Securities investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment plan or strategy will be successful.